So can I stop overusing the phrase he clocked that during our recordings? I mean, I so I re-listened to the recordings because I edit them and there was a part of I think maybe it was episode seven where you said clocked a lot. And like the first so the first two scenes, but after that it kind of stopped. And so I don't know. It's okay. I was re-listening to that when you sent it to me and I was like, can I could I stop? Do I have to say that all the time? I even started to write it at one point in my notes for this week's episode, and I stopped myself. I was like, I can't say that phrase ever again. I I absolutely wrote that in my notes this week. Like, when I was writing <laughs> clock, I was like, oh, he did clock that, and then I left. But I think it might be. Now, don't, don't, like, definitely quote me on this, but... I think that might actually be a phrase that Sean uses early or Henry uses early in this series. And that's how you and I got used to saying it. Oh, maybe that would be that would be making me feel better yeah. <laughs> if I got it holistically from them. My, my brain is telling me that Henry said that early on. Maybe it was during the hat, the hat test in the first episode when Sean was all grown up. Oh, I might have to look into that. All right. I'm just going to say that for the time being, and we can always correct it later. Right. <laughs> okay. Deal. Do we need a trigger warning for this episode? Um, I mean, we do deal with aging parents and early onset Alzheimer's um, pretty early. We kind of get that. I think I have, I have a lot I can say about that. I think you have some... Um, experience with that too and I will say that it is a touchy issue and I think that they show that well Mm -hmm. for sure yeah and so I mean it's gonna come up so if that's you know a trigger for you just be forewarned and again this show is very of its time but I do think that they handle things pretty well on the whole I agree I just I think it's important for us to put out there that this is a topic that's being touched a lot during this episode so if you can't handle it right now, that's totally okay. Stop here. Fast forward a little bit. We'll talk about a pineapple at some point, I'm sure. Um, but like, let's just be honest. I don't know that anyone's listening to our podcast. So, hey, they're always welcome, though. <laughs> Everybody, uh, share with your friends, please. That's to the Blueberry Podcast at gmail.com. And I say we start the episode. Showtime. We are on season one, episode nine, Forget Me Not. And this is. And this is. To to the the Blueberry! I always forget that part. We should say, I need to learn to say that at the beginning. That's okay. (laughs) We are a real life set of Sean and Gus's. I'm Alexis. I'm a Gus. And I'm Kaylee. And I'm the Sean. And we are doing a psych rewatch podcast. For really no other reason besides having a good excuse to rewatch Psych and uh, talk to one another once a week. Yeah, I super like having a really good excuse to do that. Not that we need it, but... But it, it's working. It's very helpful, I think. So, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Season 1, Episode 9, Forget Me Not, is the episode. And we start our episode, as we always do, well, as we often do, with a flashback to 1986. And I could not, for the life of me, get Peacock to reveal 
what the date at the bottom of the screen was because it just kept blocking it for me. So I was like, really? I'm assuming it's 1986. It was. I got you. And we're on a zoo trip with little baby Sean. Oh, little baby Sean's so cute. There are a bunch of people because it's a school trip and there are a bunch of chaperones. So Henry's on the trip as a chaperone and some other parents are on the trip. Sean cracks this joke at a little girl about her being a monkey and how, look, Trish, there's your family. Yeah, he's tormenting this little girl in in a way that elementary school students, particularly boys, are wont to do. And it's it's insufferable, but his dad does get onto him. Like, Henry does, like, uh, Sean, I'm watching you. Like, don't show your ass. <laughs> and Sean is, like, has a tennis ball that he's like bouncing around i mean we see that and at one point he like throws the tennis ball at trish's back trish is one of the little girls at the school that he's making fun of i think i already said that (laughs) he's throwing it like at her back and just kind of picking on her insistently and then the very next cut is sean talking to his teacher because they're at the ostrich pit yeah and and we see the ostrich and it has like a lump in its throat and it's like we hear, like, I don't know if they're ADR, but it's, like, harsh swallowing sounds amidst <laughs> bird sounds. <laughs> so something's happening, and Sean's pointing it out. Sean's trying to tell the teacher, but the teacher is just like, oh, that's how ostriches eat. That's what happens. No big deal. I'm pretty sure that's not food. <laughs> Sean knows it's something. <laughs> the ostrich is definitely choking, and it was choking on his tennis ball. Now, because it was his tennis ball, everyone assumed that he was the one who threw it into the highly restricted ostrich area. Henry is getting on to him. He's like, that thing could have died. They would have made me pay for it. I don't know how much an ostrich costs. Sean says emphatically, like, it wasn't me who threw that. He does not deny that it was his ball. They end up on the bus. Sean's denying it. And Captain Brett Connors, who is Trish's dad. I did not get his first name, so thank you. Captain Connors. He comes on the bus and absolutely believes Sean. He looked at him and said, I think he's telling the truth. I don't think he threw that ball in the ostrich pit. And one of them, either Connors or Henry, asked him, well, do you know who did? And Sean just peers out the window. He says nothing because he's no snitch. He says, listen, I think it was an accident. I think whoever threw it was aiming for me. So the ostrich thinks it's it's a mistake. No one's trying to murder a bird. <laughs> and so I love that. It's like he's accepting responsibility that like he was involved, but he's not snitching and he's he didn't do it. So I'm like, when a kid gets that specific about owning something, I'm likely to believe them, you know? Well, Captain Brett Connors was too because the scene ends with, Connor saying, I believe you, Sean, and then walking off the bus. And we see Connor's kind of talking to Trish because I think he kind of knows what's going on. Yeah, or he's like, does she maybe know what's going on? Um, But yeah, the scene ends with, you know, Captain Connor's talking to Trish and Sean watching them out the window. Cut to present day. Sean's looking out the psych window, which has a green logo. I didn't notice that. You only see part of the H, but yeah, green logo makes an appearance. 
that makes sense because we're in we're in the second half of season one at this point. Yeah, this is after the mid-season break. Everybody's back on board. And um, so it's like a really good transition. And um, so Sean and Gus are looking out the front window and they're recognizing who it is and they're appreciating how she grew up. <laughs> Very much. Sean pretends to read Trish and Captain Connor's lips outside the window. And... Sean is reading Trish's lips saying, oh, father. No, he doesn't say father. Yeah, he does. Father. Oh, I love Sean. I thought Gus said father. No, Gus says daughter. Oh, that's it, daughter. (laughs) They're, oh, oh, father. I love Sean. I can't wait to be with him forever. And then Gus joins in. Stop acting crazy, daughter. You know that Gus is the one that you want. Besides, he has abs like Bruce Lee. And which Sean just breaks character. He's like, dude, this has to be remotely believable. Are you kidding? Abs like Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, but they start heading into the... Trish and Captain Connor start to head into the uh, psych office. And they... I just wrote, scatter and act natural. And that's when Sean and Gus <laughs> act natural. This is when Trish walks in and Sean starts to, quote, read her and realizes psychically that it is Trish. I say psychically loosely because he obviously knew it was Trish. Cheating cheater. (laughs) And then he's like also being psychic and goes, why am I sensing your father? Surprise, (laughs) Captain Connors is also here. (laughs) I love when he said, did we ever kiss? Mm, I'm sorry. No. That vision might be coming from the not so distant future. (laughs) Gus's faces. You can't see that because this is a podcast, but Gus makes the face. (laughs) (laughs) When Captain Connors comes in, he tells Sean and Gus that he thinks that there was a murder, which is a 187, by the way. I wrote it down. Yes, because it's on his sleeve and Sean notices that. (laughs) I'm not using that phrase. Um, And because Captain Connors appears to be having trouble remembering. And so Sean sees this little note to himself written on the cuff of his shirt sleeve. And he says, uh, you witnessed a murder. And that jogs the memory. And he's like, yes, yes, I did. A murder. A 187. I saw it. And I solved it. And then it's like, okay. But I just can't remember who it was. Or who did it. <laughs> so, and we see sticky notes all over this man's briefcase. So, or attache case. I don't know what this is or why he has it because he's retired. But... It's clues that he, like, he needs reminders. Like, he's having trouble keeping things straight. So this is the first peak we're getting. I quite enjoy the word attache, so Hmm. nice job. Thank you. (laughs) Much like in our opening sequence, Captain Brett Connors looks at Sean and said, You believe me, don't you? And Sean said, Yes, sir. I believe you. And it was, like, a little bit emotional, like... Very, very well done. But, like, we've seen that he's a little bit grumpy and a little bit frustrated. And his daughter's trying to be helpful, but it just, it's pointing out to him that things have changed for him. So Captain Connors is a little bit touchy about it, but he he is asking for help and he does recognize that he needs help remembering these things. But he's hoping that Sean as a psychic can look into his head and and help him get things straight and and figure out what he solved because the police won't take his word for it. That kind of touching moment ends with the opening credits, which is always a good moment for us. 
And we have another walk and talk. Walk and talk. And we're going to the coffee shop that Captain Connors goes to every morning. And Sean says that, um, bonus, they make daily fresh double chocolate mango pineapple scones. So I'm calling this the pineapple. The pineapple hunter. <laughs> okay, so that's what I clocked as the pineapple as well. But we didn't actually see the pineapple. We saw the scones when they're sitting down at the table eventually. But, you know, in a moment. Oh. Yeah, because first Sean sees a newspaper with a crossword puzzle. And he goes, oh no, little eyes, little eyes, run away, run away. <laughs> because he knows that Henry is there. And Henry and Captain Connors come walking out of the uh, coffee shop. And Captain Connors acts like he hasn't seen the boys in so long. So we're getting another first meeting with him, unfortunately. (laughs) So I just want to point out that I also write in all capital letters with little eyes. And I didn't realize that that was something that Henry did until I rewatched this episode. It was from architecture school for me. I just kind of got used to writing it that way. Because big eyes can get confused for L's in the letter one. Yeah. The letter one, the number one, so. (laughs) So we're getting more clues as to the trouble that Captain Connors is having with his memory. But in the next scene, we're all sitting at the table and um, a couple of the guys sitting with Henry and Connors and the boys have plates in front of them with the remnants of scones. Um, And so that's what I, you know, I said this whole scene is the pineapple scene. We found it. It's here, even though it's not like a whole pineapple. I I support that decision. Yay. Once they have their second meet and greet with Captain Brett Connors, we cut to the SBPD where Sabrina Vito, who is just this tertiary character, talks to Juliet because she's looking for her boyfriend. She's been putting up signs all over the all over the city, including at that coffee shop. Yeah, and uh She's like, I think he's missing. He's not returning calls. He just, he fell off the face of the earth. And I'm really starting to get worried that something happened. And Jules is very caring. And she's like, please have a seat. Let's you know talk. But it quickly cuts back to the coffee shop. Where Sean is essentially having his second psychic freak out of the episode. He's a lot. And he said, I see a man. Five foot nine, five foot ten tops named Mike. He was arguing with someone. And that's when Captain Brett Connors starts kind of remembering. He said, yes, he was arguing with Mort Crocker. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how he ends it. He kind of like trails off and he goes, they pinned it on a mountain lion. And then Henry jumps in with his own little thing. He's like, now let me, let me help out. And he's like, it was a woman. She was very pretty, brunette. Um, Her name was Zoe. And it's like, yeah, Zoe Sharp. Who likes to play Scrabble. Aww. And uh, they, they said it was a mountain lion, but they were wrong. It was a murder. And um, it things get kind of awkward at the table. And it's kind of implied that, well, it's not just implied. In the next scene, yeah, Henry said to Sean that Henry thinks that Connors is just confusing That murder of Zoe from so long ago, Zoe Sharps, I think her name is, Mm -hmm. from so long ago with his confused memories that are going on right now. And that they're 
probably wasn't a murder. Well, he says he saw Mort Crocker and it brought this memory back and, and there were unanswered questions or, or something from the past and his timelines for the past and present all get kind of jumbled up and so he feels like he's experiencing things in the moment all over again and so, you know, it, it just lay off Sean, like don't feed into it. He says, oh, and it breaks your heart. He says, he doesn't need your help to look like an old fool. He deserves better than that. And Sean's big thing is like, this guy is your friend. Like he's asking for help. We should help him. And Henry's like, don't get involved. Like this is not, this is not good to like draw attention to essentially. As much as I like what Sean's doing in this episode, I think likely if I was in that situation, I would be siding with Henry. I would be saying the same things. I'd be feeling the same things. I mean, and even if you did like get that feedback and take that feedback from Henry, the very next scene in the psych office and Gus brings to Sean a paper that says mountain lion killed missing man. So coincidence. I think not. Yeah, no. So, I mean, that would get my spidey senses tingling too. I'd be like, whoa, wait a second. Again? We <laughs> just had this Trish, conversation. <laughs> they bring Trish in to kind of tell her their su suspicions of what's going on. And Sean just kind of looked at Gus and said, you know what, Gus? You tell it better. I don't need to show off my psychicness. Why don't you tell her what's going on? And so Sean walks away and Gus stays to talk to Trish. And Sean pretends to read a book behind Trish's back. And when she looks at him, that's what she sees. And then whenever she turns around to look at Gus and she's so impressed with how mature Sean has become and how insufferable he used to be in high school. And she's missing where he's dancing and acting like a fool and like, rubbing it in Gus's face that he's like getting praised for his good behavior. <laughs> he goes from monkey to reading a book to doing this sexy dance back to reading the book and then eventually realizes that he's been reading the book upside down and has to flip it over. Okay, the sexy dance is literally like a standing worm. Yeah. Yeah, the worm, but standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Sean goes back to Henry, and Henry still doesn't buy it. He says Connors was a great cop because he never accepted the easy answer. You know, he wanted to dig in and really find the truth, not just be like, oh, well, this guy is easily circumstantially the person who did it, so we're going to go with that because we're cops. So this is, like, a really good example. Sean said, this isn't a mountain lion. This is when animals attack Santa Barbara. But we get some background on Mort Crocker at this point. And this is the guy that uh, that Captain Connors suspects was involved with Zoe Sharp and now Mike's disappearance slash murder. And apparently his family founded Mort's family um, restaurant chain. And it was a longstanding rumor uh, that he and Zoe were having an affair. But it was just a rumor. But it was a rumor that like cops made it their job to know because they were looking into, you know, the death of this woman. And so, you know, that's what Henry thinks um, Captain Connors is, like, latching on to. That it was, like, kind of, like, a rumored, suspicious thing, but the evidence pointed to a big cat attack um, at this point. And uh, then, 
Uh, did I miss anything in that? Ep- I... The scene ends with Henry saying, you're right. You should talk to a mountain lion. <laughs> Which they do. They do, because next we're at the um, Santa Barbara Wildlife Park, which is the zoo. And um, they're sneaking into a room to look at a uh, mountain lion in a cage. But the mountain lion that's in the cage actually has this like little mark on its butt. Where oh, it it's got like a bloody spot. And at first yeah. I'm like, why is there blood smeared on there? But it, apparently it's like a scratch on the animal, like the animal's wounded and it's the animal's blood. So we don't have to wonder too long about that. Like it'll, it'll come to light later. But um, once Sean realizes that, he just starts making James Earl Jones references. I was going to say, he just like walks into the scene going, Simba, I am your father. <laughs> Gus goes, um, Mufasa never said that. Mufasa, Darth Vader, I'm not Rappaport. All of them are James Joe Jones. And then... No, I'm not Rappaport. It was Oscar Davis. (laughs) That's it. Was it Isaac or Oscar? I think it was Ozzy Davis. Ozzy Davis. Sorry. I'm sorry. I wrote that down weird. I can't even read my handwriting. (laughs) So we did, we did really quickly back to back Lion King star wars and i'm not i'm i'm not rapapore all of which well except for i'm not rapapore were voiced by james <laughs> jones mufasa and darth vader so sean says how cats love him um and he loves cats and it, it's quickly proven that this is a very very hungry cat who wants to eat them just like us says it does uh so they they scurry out and they're confronted with a um wildlife park uh employee I guess she runs the place, or More the, at or least the big, yeah. I think the so. The big cat part. And they, she was trying to figure out who they were, and Sean immediately sees these tags sitting on the side table or something that have names on them. And so Sean introduced himself as... Oh, Dr. Hans Jorgensen. <laughs> That's it. And then... <laughs> this is my esteemed colleague... Dr. Mick. Doc. <laughs> My notes say, Dr. Mick, low click times five talk. But she wasn't expecting to see them until tomorrow. Yeah, because he saw that there are badges waiting for people. And so he just like stole their identities. And he's like, will we arrive early? <laughs> the woman's name was Joan. and Joan Walker. Joan tries to say Gus's fake name. And when she tries to say it, Sean, like, corrects her and then adds more clicks the second time. But she inadvertently uh, uttered a vile obscenity. But don't worry. Dr. Mick is very forgiving. (laughs) Oh, he only has a preschool level understanding of the English. Of the English language. Yeah, but he knows I'm sorry, and he fully accepts it. So it's fine. Um, Anyway, they're talking about why is this the uh, kitty who is the (laughs) man-eater in the cage in the next room. Joan says he's not a man-eater. The only reason why he attacked was because he was extremely malnourished. Well, she makes pains to say if he attacked, it's only because he's hungry and underfed. And they're like, why is this? kitty so malnourished (laughs) and she explains like yeah it's weird uh we had record rainfall there's lots of vegetation for his normal prey to feed on so he should be fat but for some reason this particular cat is underweight 
Perhaps it's because everyone in California is on the diet. <laughs> All of the serving boys and model girls. Someone, anyone, please give them a sandwich. Yeah. And it's like, it's played as a really bad joke because, yeah, it's a really bad joke. No one should make those <laughs> jokes. Shut up. But it's it's really funny and cringy when he does it as like a pretend foreign person. <laughs> I'm sorry. And maybe that's offensive, but it's really funny. <laughs> Oh, I I thought that was very funny. I thought, yeah, no, it was beautiful. But Joan gets a call on the line uh, (laughs) that she needs a doctor to give birth to a new baby warthog. Dr. Mick is is supposedly uh, this great veterinarian, and will he please help them? And they have a ridiculous non-cosa... conversation using animal noises and clicks did you catch that the conversation kind of started with pumba and then he's a meerkat <laughs> and then at one point he says meerkat <laughs> because that's the reference that the man with a uh, preschool knowledge of english knows definitely that pumba from the lion king was a, a warthog right 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 so Apparently, um, we're accepting the uh, challenge of assisting with this. And Sean says, you know, yes, don't worry. Just um, pull at the right time. Cut to. Oh, Gus run away screaming like a my girl. Eyes! My eyes! And then he vomits into a trash can. I, don't, I know that bit doesn't come up super often, but that's one of my favorites. I love Gus running away screaming like a girl. 100%. We get another one of mine, you know, coming up pretty soon. So we'll get there. But um, we're back at SBPD and and Crocker is sitting down with Lassie and Jules and take it away, Alexis, because I can't be trusted. So I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like slash think slash observed that the gentleman playing Crocker was a very bad actor. Did you get that vibe at all? Mm, I didn't. I just felt like he was being uncooperative. Oh, <laughs> I, just, I literally have a note here that says very bad acting. But because he's being questioned about the missing man and the missing woman, Crocker was upset because he realizes that Captain Brett Connors had fingered him as a potential suspect for this, like, case, Kaylee, you're a child. (laughs) Say it again. No, don't. Yeah, so he says, like, they bring up this this case... um, were you arguing with this missing guy and, or well, murdered, eh, big cat killed guy, and then something about Zoe Sharp? And... That was so Sean of you, Kaylee. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he instantly goes, "This is because of that damn Cracker or Connors guy." He's still he's still cut up in that case from twenty years ago. Yeah, and uh, Lassie's just like, I uh, really can't say. sean and gus are at a closed trail on the edge of the woods close to where the big cat the mountain lion was yeah that's uh where they believe the attack took place and it's closed down because of that and gus the ever um dutiful rule follower is like it's closed we can't dead end we can't uh, be a part of this sean just looked for a minute and thought for a minute and then hopped the chain and said, dude, we totally made it. We're in. (laughs) 
love that. Um, Gus still doesn't want to do it, but they're going to go down the trail anyway. And Sean says he is a tracker. And because he worked at a casino one time with some um, esteemed Native Americans and <laughs> he thinks he learned a thing or two. But he is the only white dude to be awarded the feather? Something. Yeah. yeah. It was a feather of something. But he worked there for like a very short amount of time. So I'm like, did you actually earn something or was that them making fun of you because you're just a white boy? Sean just starts randomly pointing out these prints along the, the path. But first it's like, black lab. Okay. Like, there'd be a black lab print. Next one, Akita. Yes, because you'd definitely be able to tell that that's an Akita print. Next one, lizard, flamingo. Flamingo? <laughs> <laughs> So eventually he finds what he says are mountain lion tracks, and then he's like, we just have to follow these to the kill zone, and blah, blah, blah. So they do. And when they're at the kill zone, again, I'm going to ask the question, do you feel like Sean was pretending to be psychic when there was no one around to be psychic about? He seemed very dramatic about all of it with Gus. Yeah, I mean, me and my boy just like the drama of the moment. But he did, it does look like he found something. So I think he's just really excited that his bluff is paying off. (laughs) I would be. But when he's tracking the mountain lion tracks, he says it is a Felis McClure. But um, I found the scientific name for the mountain lion, and it's not Felis McClure. (laughs) Or anything remotely like that. It's a... Puma Conkler. Oh. Genus and species. So. Do we think that Felix was a reference to the cartoon cat named Felix? Oh, I thought Felis. Like, there are cats oh, like... whose genus and species are Felis something. Oh. Yeah, but not okay, the then. mountain lion. No. <laughs> um, so they find the kill zone and they find something weird. The drag marks of you know, where the the prey or, you know, this missing guy who was supposedly killed by this cat would have been dragged are the opposite direction of the way the cat prints go, which if the cat did the killing and he dragged his prey, shouldn't they be together? Yep. So that's weird. And then all of a sudden... Sean said, this cat was framed. And then a ranger... So they've been caught. Big old gun. Don't you know this is closed? Apparently you can't read. We are, we cut really directly to the ranger's kind of station. And Sean and Gus are completely wrapped up underneath a blanket eating hot soup. Out of cups. Just like little mugs of, of soup. And they're like pretending to shiver. And um, as soon as the ranger walks away, Gus is like, I am, I'm sweltering in here. Why do we have to shiver? He's like, because you've been exposed to the elements for two nights, wandering the woods. (laughs) Now shiver! (laughs) They keep faking this guy out, and they even ask for crackers, and the guy's like, uh, all I have are saltines. Mm -hmm. Gus is super into eating these crackers and dipping them in the soup. (laughs) Like, he's just savoring this, because why not? (laughs) The ranger's name is Ranger DeSoto. Mm-hmm. And he, when he's going to find these crackers for Sean and Gus, Gus is looking around and he immediately notices a picture of Ranger DeSoto with Crocker and Edna. Is it Gus or wall. Sean who notices it? Dang it! 
have I have to have one of these in every episode. Okay. <laughs> it's Sean, your thing. <laughs> Sean immediately notices that there is a picture of Ranger DeSoto with Crocker and Edna kind of hanging on one of his walls. Uh, and then he also clocks the giant cage outside that has a bloody, like, like rail in the corner. Yes, I said clocks. Just be okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm just glad it's not me. <laughs> it's going to be our thing. I love that. Yeah, so it looks like the scrape that Sean noticed on the cat may have been caused by this loose wire in this cage outside the ranger station, which is kind of weird, right? Like, sus. But so, Gus points out that it could have been when they caught the mountain lion and transported it to the wildlife center. That could have been when the cat got the mark. Totally, totally, totally. Except when they're asking, um, you know, for, for Gus's edification, because he was afraid when they were lost in the woods that they would be eaten by some kind of animal. Does that thing actually happen around here? And something weird happens. The ranger starts talking about how it's been such a dry year and how, you know, the cats might be underfed and, you know, this thing can happen, especially on years like this. Um, so that doesn't jive with what the animal expert told them. Correct. And then I love this thing that Sean does where he asks a completely irrelevant question just to like redirect attention so that he and Gus can give each other a look like a come on son look. <laughs> it's very good. So we get the that. question the question was, is that real mahogany? And the boys just look at each other like, What why are they lying? Why is he lying? Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Heck? Come on, son. All come those are good. Son. Come on, son. <laughs> so we cut back to the SBPD. And oh, and this is where Captain Connors, in all his policeman regalias, is walking through the precinct, um, talking about, get me Henry Spencer, um, and get me the file for the Zoe Sharp case, and then he's going to his desk, which is now Lassiter's desk, which Aww. he carefully points out. And he does try to be sensitive. Like, he's making moves. He's like, oh, something's weird here. Should we maybe call someone? But instant pushback from Captain Connors. An instant, like, um, um. You want to dance, pal? You just name that tune. Confrontation. <laughs> and, um, we also get the boys walking and talking through the precinct. And then they're confronted by Trish. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't find my father. I'm so glad I ran into you guys here. And then we hear the hubbub and we go back and Lassiter's legit being punched by this guy. And he's 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 trying to like withhold himself because he knows something's going on, but he quickly gets pushed to his limit and acts like he's going to like return the aggression. And it's like, dude, come on. But this old guy's beating his ass. <laughs> we get a nice lassie manhandle somebody moment, which we haven't had for a while. Yeah, this one's not quite as nice, but he is just restraining the older gentleman, um, probably for all of their safety, because he's been punched in the nose already, and he doesn't want to hurt this guy. Again, in this situation, I understand what's going on, but I probably yeah. would have sided with Lassie. But I, I am proud of Lassiter for attempting sensitivity, and I'm like, Jules wasn't even here to see it. Um... <laughs> So I, I just wrote fisticuffs. When Sean and Gus and Trish walk up, immediately Connors calls Sean Henry. He's like, don't tell me I look like my dad. And Gus tells him he could be his twin. He goes, is my hair thinning even just a little bit at the back? <laughs> <laughs> 
but he plays into the role and um and he's like don't you know who this man is and he he like kind of accepts responsibility captain connors wants to launch an investigation through internal affairs and gus as henry is just like yeah i'll draw up the paperwork you uh you go home and rest and so they send him with trish which which was a really good de-escalation technique on Trump's yeah, part. Yeah, I thought that worked out well. It's just kind of like acknowledge and like uh, offer a solution and, and, and move past the moment. But um, yep. so he and Gus are talking to each other and then they notice um, the weeping woman on the bench with the box that says M. Is it Mitchell? What was that last name? McMillan. McMillan. And, um, and he's like, oh, it's the girlfriend. So they sit down and they're, he's, he's being like the very caring psychic. And he says, was his name Mike? Because it's not written on the box. It's just an M initial. And she's like, yeah. And so he's getting some background on like why Mike was even in the area. He's not from around here. Um, she's got a box of his stuff. He was visiting He was visiting from Pennsylvania to help or to try to find his birth parents. And the girlfriend said that she thought he had found his dad. He was a wealthy man, but he was really difficult to get to. And that's when, during that kind of conversation, Sean had been kind of snooping through the box in his very Sean-like way where he doesn't actually touch anything. And he kind of notes two big things. That there's, like, moss or potting soil on the bottom of Mike's shoes. And that Mike has a biotin prescription. Yeah, which is weird because you can totally buy that over the counter. But... You can't. Um, depending on, like, the dosage, I think, and, like, probably if it's cheaper if you have a prescription because you have a particular need. But at this point, I wrote Zoe equals mom, question mark, and then dash rich daddy. Because <laughs> we have another rich daddy <laughs> in this show. Hot dang, Kaylee. <laughs> what you guys didn't see because you can't see... Our cameras is that I was taking a drink of water when Kaylee said rich daddy and almost spit it out all over my computer. It might be my favorite new phrase. Ooh. Rich daddy. Okay. So Sean and Gus are taking a walk and discussing a biotin um, uh, prescription. And uh, Gus says that if he has a deficiency that can be hereditary and they decide it's no paternity test, but if they search in Rich Daddy's prescriptions like they did on the previous Rich Daddy episode, <laughs> lots of prescriptions in Rich Daddy's, you guys, you know, they might get a clue and be able to point the, the police in the right direction with some evidence. So they decide they want to snoop on his house and they show up to the front gate. When they get there, Sean immediately sees a security camera that's in the bird feeder in the or the bird house in the front of the house and they realize that they're not getting in through the front so they try to kind of sneak in through the back and because there's like a hubbub it looks like an event yeah. is getting set up and they've got like all kinds of trucks and people milling about so maybe they can blend in as soon as they walk through they immediately get stopped and it looks like a gardener yes. at first and they're like come on, don't let the man get you down. Like, like don't don't adhere to their rules. Damn the man and let us liberate you. And she's like, um, <clears throat> I'm Edna Crocker and I'm low-key the worst. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but she totally is. Oh my gosh, she is the man. <laughs> yeah, Edna Crocker is the lady of the house and she knew that they weren't the event planner or the event planner assistants. She knew that they weren't supposed to be there and she politely and promptly tells them to leave which they do and they go to a pharmacy 
Yeah, I guess I'm hating on her for not wanting people trespassing on her on her grounds, but rich people are the worst. Anyway. <laughs> at least yeah, uh, so... at least you didn't say she sucks. <laughs> well, she does, but I have other words for her later <laughs> in this episode. Anyways, um, apparently Sean got a talking to, and while that was happening, Gus was making calls to pharmacies. And um, so they show up at one, and they start asking about pickups for prescriptions for Mort Crocker. The woman said, oh, there's no prescriptions for him. I don't have anything. And Sean starts, like, jonesing, which I don't understand at all. I was like, is he just, like, being a stressed assistant, or is he jonesing? I really, I wrote that. I was like, is he acting like he's super stressed out, or, like, he's coming down off of it a It seemed, I mean, the whole, like, thumb in mouth, like, pushing on the top of his mouth kind of thing seemed like he was coming down off of a drug, or he was just trying to freak the woman out, which worked. Yeah, he totally stresses her, and she's like, there hasn't been anything for a month, the blah, 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 and, um, what does Gus say? Or they go, oh, what, what, what was that? Was that the, uh, the, the, the penicillin? And she's like, no, uh, something about biotin. And I'm like, wait, is all of this a HIPAA violation? Yeah. Should she be, like, in trouble? Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It absolutely <laughs> Oh, my that gosh. Is... She didn't ask who they were, not once. Like, honey. They, I think they did introduce themselves as his, like, assistant at the beginning. I don't know. I didn't hear oh, that. Oh, I, I thought they did. We're here to ask about a prescription for Mort Crocker. I... I like, Gus came in, like, smooth and business-like, but I, I don't remember okay. that, so. They eventually find out that, yes, he, in fact, does take biotin, or he has a biotin prescription, which means he likely has a biotin deficiency, which is hereditary, and... He's likely the rich daddy! There we go! <laughs> I promise we don't have to name this episode Rich Daddy too. <laughs> so, Trish, Captain Brett Connors, Sean, Gus... Juliet and Lassiter are all at the coffee shop and they're standing outside and Sean said, I have an eyewitness. It's the poster of missing Mike. <laughs> Sh- oh my God. Is that a magic Mike reference I just made? Okay. I'll take it. I did just watch a very, very funny movie with Channing Tatum. So. Missing Mike, magic Mike. Okay. No, never mind. Back to it. Uh, Sean recaps. And he, Sean told everyone that Mike's poster had been talking to him and said that Crocker had killed Zoe Sharps. And that's when Connors kind of puts everything together and says, and now he killed the baby. And well, okay. So here's the thing. In 1986, when Zoe was thought to be killed by lions, it kind of made sense. It was a really dry year. um, And Connor says they got lucky. It got rid of the evidence for them, and it covered up the murder. But this time, it was a frame job on the cat, essentially. And it doesn't make sense for it to have been mountain lions, but they were trying to use that excuse again. So, And they, they point out that they think Ranger DeSoto, although Sean calls him Ranger DeSoup at this point, which is funny. <laughs> because he gave them soup. <laughs> yes, Ranger DeSoup DeSoto. Ranger DeSoto provided the lion. And that's Connor when... says DeSoto sounds familiar, and yes. he doesn't know why yet. Couldn't couldn't quite figure it out, but but for some reason he's helping to cover up this murder. And um... Lassiter said that there's no way it was Crocker because Crocker 
had been in Chicago when Mike was killed and that Lasseter had personally checked his alibi. Yeah, he was like giving a lecture in front of 200 plus people, so he definitely did not kill Mike. But uh, Crocker's like, this is... Th- not Crocker. Connor. Dang. So <laughs> That's why Connor's- I keep calling him Captain Brett Connors because I yeah. can say it all at once. Um, he's like off, off, and Lasseter is like, um, he wouldn't do anything stupid, would he? <laughs> when, when, <laughs> sorry, when they're all running off, Sean grabs Mike's poster from the, from the panel Poster board, board thing, yeah. right, and takes it with them. So Yeah, so they run off after Connors because, oh no, he might do something crazy like confront Crocker. I have a weird, fun cheating fact here that I got from Amazon. Bring it. If you pause it when Sean rips that poster of Mike off, you'll see that there are two or three posters hanging up. One of them is a poster of somebody looking for a first edition green spirit comic and it said if anyone has one call sean and then there's another because it's the one that sean Sean destroyed yeah and then there's another one that said um like missing pocket watch inscription do not lose henry call sean (laughs) oh my gosh those are gold it's it's worth going back and seeing it because it's quite funny it's just a split second it took me like three tries to pause it in the right place. I love but... that kind of little Easter eggy mm-hmm. stuff that they do like just for themselves, mostly. <laughs> like... After they grab the poster, we end up at the fundraiser. I think it's a fundraiser. I just wrote Crocker event question mark. Like, what is this supposed to be? <laughs> anyway, uh, Captain Brett Connors runs up to Crocker and he's trying to make an arrest and he's like, I know you did it, damn it. And. Um, I just wrote, that bitch Edna is laughing at the captain. So. I didn't notice that. Yeah, she fully, like, laughs at him. Because she's, like, wandering up, like, what's going on, dear? And then, like, when, you know, Lassie and them start chasing him and he runs off, she's like, (laughs) and laughs at, I hate her so much. (laughs) When Sean runs in to catch Captain Brett Connors, he's screaming and Again, I don't know if you noticed it. I, I noticed this on my own. This wasn't a, a nifty Amazon treat. Um, but the string quartet that's playing starts playing this, like, high chase adventure music in the background. I did not notice. Oh, you man. You can actually see that the strings, like, change and that they're actually playing that sound. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, they're running all around. And he runs into the, or, yeah, Captain Connors runs into the greenhouse. And he, like, runs all around and hides. And so they all enter. And um, Sean notices the spilled topsoil, and then he walks around and he finds Connors, but Connors gives a shushing motion, and Sean's like, bro, I got you. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, he was here. Lassie's like, no, duh. We saw him come in here. He's like, no, 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 not Captain Connors. But there was a muffling sound. Sean was trying to figure out why he couldn't quite hear what was going on, <laughs> and he had to take the poster of Mike out of his pocket and unfold it. Edna comes in, and Edna wants them to leave. Nobody gets in my greenhouse. Um, that's not exactly true, though, is it? Because Mike was here. And if you check his shoes, you'll find that topsoil, and it'll match all on the bottom of his soles. Sean starts to imply that Edna was the one who had killed... Yeah, well... No, not 
not starts to imply. Sean said, oh, I get it now. Earlier when you said Crocker, you didn't mean Mr. Crocker. You meant Mrs. Crocker because Edna was the one who had killed Mike in the greenhouse. That's when Captain Brett Connors stands up and said, that's where I know that name from. Your maiden name was Edna DeSoto. Boom. John, the ranger, her brother DeSoto, is covering up murders for her. So she killed Zoe because her husband was having an affair with her and she's a cowardly coward who didn't want to get a divorce because she's a greedy rich lady. And then she killed the love child. Mike, as a poster, so kindly points out the security camera in the front that's in the bird feeder and said... Which is going to prove... You're going to see that Mike was here. You'll see it on the camera. And that's when Edna just straight up, straight up admits to it. She yeah, said, Crocker's like, what did you do? And she's like, you would have given him half of everything. Everything we worked so hard for to build. Just like you would have for his mother. It's like, he was my son. So like, this guy doesn't get a lot of airtime. I think you're probably right. I think he's probably like, I don't know. Like not the best actor, but he didn't have a lot to work with either. That's true. Yeah. So Mort, I wrote, is a whole ass, but he's not a murderer. He's just, he's just a stupid, stupid man who's cheating on women and should have gotten a divorce because clearly these people are toxic. And he's a rich daddy. He's a rich daddy. Um, (laughs) and Edna's a greedy murderer. That's true. There's this beautiful moment after Edna, like, admits to it all that Captain Brett Connors said, officers, arrest this woman. And Lassiter said, officers, you heard the captain. Get him out of here. Oh, and they're also and putting out a bolo for that, that stupid they're brother. They're putting part. out the, <laughs> yep. But it's just kind of a moment where they accept the fact that Captain Brett Connors knew what he was talking about the whole time. Hell yeah. And then, cut to the next scene at the coffee shop. He's holding a... Co- oh. oh, wait, wait. We get a we get a good Sean Gus fist bump. And Mike's, Mike's kind of in that fist bump. <laughs> Thanks for stopping that. Um, but at the coffee shop in the next scene, Captain Connors is holding a commendation from the SBPD. And it says, like, how he's retired. And, oh, it was so great. Connors and Henry are at a table with their coffee, and Trish, Sean, and Gus are at a totally separate table, just kind of having a nice breakfast. I don't exactly know how we get there, but at some point, Sean said, speaking of lumps, that ostrich in the tennis ball, what happened there? And Trish gets mad. You'll never let this go. She's still playing dumb, though. Yeah, she's like, what are you talking about? You really never let that go. You haven't grown up at all. You'll never change. Trish kind of runs away, and Sean kind of said that he tanked. He's tanked or, it with yeah, Sean he implies purpose. that he's like, Gus, what are you waiting for? Go get your girl. And like, I'm out of the way now. And Gus is like, don't even pretend that you did that on purpose. <laughs> Sean goes, show her the abs. Show her the abs. <laughs> and Gus said, not until you challenge me straight up. And that's how the scene ends with Sean saying, fine, I will be kissing Trish in 10 minutes. And Gus said, not if I get there first. And they ran to meet Trish. Children. 
Stupid, yeah. stupid children. All of them. Trish isn't going to admit what she did when she was a little kid, which we all know she did. And the boys yep. are acting like, I don't know, if you pull her pigtails, you can get a girl they like you. It's so dumb, but it's yeah. very on brand. <laughs> they might as well just play dibs. like Right? Okay. So in the greenhouse scene, we missed a part where, and this is sort of a thing, and and Maggie admitted that she and Rode tried to make this a thing where like, Juliet would sneeze and Sean would say, bless you. And so yeah. they tried to sneak it in a whole bunch and it usually got cut out, but like, we'll see it again, I think. Um, but we oh. do see it in this greenhouse. And then. So when I was watching it, I, I said to myself, like, what was the point of that? Why, why all of a sudden, like, are we just finding out that she's allergic to flowers? Like I'm allergic to flowers. Does James Roday Rodriguez get to tell me, bless you? Mm, yes. I would be okay for that. James Roday Rodriguez just throwing it out there. I also wrote, there's no Chief Vic in this episode. We made room for Captain Connors in our hearts, and we lost a little bit of Chief Vic screen time. So There wasn't any Chief Vic in the last episode, though, was there? Oh, was there not? There wasn't. Oh, she got referenced. Oh, no. No, wasn't she giving birth in the last episode? Because she and Lassiter were gone? You're 100% correct. <laughs> no, she wasn't at the con. That's nope, where my mind she went. She did, in fact, give birth. So, so yeah, we didn't have Vic in this episode, but she did just have a baby. Now, again, weird fun fact that I found out from Amazon. Um, uh, Kristen Nelson. Kristen Nelson? Yeah. Actually gave birth much earlier on in season one. And so she had to wear a baby bump. Yeah, when she was hired... Um, she was pregnant, like, when she auditioned and stuff, and they kind of loved it. Um, she wasn't, like, showing super-duper-duper bad or anything, but, like, she was like, um, how far into this process do I need to let you guys know that I'm pregnant and I will be showing? And they're like, oh, we love that idea of, like, a a pregnant, like, chief. Like, (laughs) so, because she's holding it down. She's doing a great job, and she's about to have a little chief big baby, so I'm all, all up for chief baby, whose name I don't remember, but I know we find out very soon, and... I really like that episode, so I'm excited. Oh, good, yeah. And, um, yeah, she had to wear, like, a whole bodysuit, and it's like, nowadays you don't quite have to do, like, the, the full onesie pregnant belly, but, um, yeah. It was not quite as comfortable as they can be these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's our episode. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I don't think we have anything else. I thought it was, like, a really clean pineapple hunt like we we saw scones we didn't see pineapple but they did explain to us what we were seeing much like the smoothie so Mm -hmm. those are fun that was good the after after the red phantom episode i felt like this episode was kind of short on pop culture references just because that one was hitting them like every scene oh yeah this one was much much more subtle but i liked it yeah we got a lot in like that one scene like a lot of (laughs) <laughs> a James lot of Lion King and James Earl Jones. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and I liked it because, like, we got to see everybody a little bit at play. Not as much Jules and Lassiter as usual, but, I mean, like, we're going to get those, like, differently balanced episodes, too, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I like the Henry heavy. I love more Henry. Yeah. Sometimes I want to schmack Henry upside the head, but... For the most part, I really like when Henry's in. I feel like even those times are telling us something important about the characters and the relationships. So, like, yeah. Yes. 
very very much hug your grandparents um and you know alzheimer's and degenerative diseases are really not well understood the brain is a crazy mystery still and we're looking into it but yeah it's you know that's right it's sad to see i think we both have experience with it so that's a that's a thing it's a yeah, it's a different. It's a different thing. It's a difficult thing. As long as we're talking about degenerative diseases, I want to share a story with you about my grandma. Oh. So I I alluded to this earlier when we were recording, not today but before. But grandma had Parkinson's disease. So grandma's body was just done. Uh, her muscles had just gone away, but her brain was still there. Like she was still fully cognitive. She still knew what was going on. She couldn't speak very well because those muscles just weren't there. But uh, she was in a nursing home and the nurses would walk in and see grandma kind of looking like a vegetable and they would just talk about whatever they wanted, um, often about their sex lives. And when grandma had good days, grandma would tell us about her nurses' sex lives. And it was hilarious. <laughs> Get it, grandma. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you have a family member out there who is in a nursing home, who maybe people wouldn't realize are in a good mental place, um, point that out because it was very embarrassing when my mother, and you know my mother, she's not shy about crap like that. My mother walked up to them and said, listen, Miss Ross knows everything you guys are talking about and she's telling us about it. So uh, you guys need to clean it up. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, girls, my goodness. that is a grandparent story that I have been debating writing into my favorite murder for quite a while now. Hmm. But it just always cracks me up. When I mean, I think it about doesn't that. hurt to send it in. They never read one of mine once, but I send oh. them in. <laughs> I I don't have murders, but I've got grandparent stories. That's a that's a really good one. So, yes, it the the brain is a fascinating thing. The way it works, and again, if you had to skip this episode and you came in for the end here. I hope you laughed about my grandma because she was pretty awesome. And I hope that you understand that even though this is a comedy and we all laughed about it and there were funny moments, like it is a real thing that people struggle with and mm-hmm. we're here to support that. Yeah, 100%. I think cool, cool. I think this is a really fun episode and it's like, it's got a lot of heart. So I really love it. <laughs> it does. And, and again, like I keep talking about Henry and I feel dumb about that, but we see, we see Henry's heart come out a lot in this the way he's trying to support Connors yeah the way he's trying to stand up for him like you can tell that there's a real relationship there that there that Henry is happy is a real thing like it's funny because like even though Connors is grumpy and he even tells Henry to shut up at one point it's like they have that relationship that's like no no shut up for a minute let the kid talk (laughs) (laughs) and I love that Sean and Henry are both trying to help this man they both clearly respect and adore and they're doing it in different ways but their hearts are both in the right places and i just i love seeing that that's good that's i love them totally agree all right this has been to the blueberry ah well i'm kaylee and one mountain lion two mountain lion mountain lions (laughs) i always love your quotes (laughs) i'm alexis dad you're amazing maybe my psychic gift is hereditary this has been to To the the blueberry psych out